And we're back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Belanger. I hope you're having a great Tuesday out there. I know we are here in the High Button studio getting ready to hit the hit the work week and have some fun. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Generous United. Generous United is a membership-based buying group headquartered right here in Atlantic Canada. They are dedicated to making sure that prescription drugs are more affordable so we can all live healthier lives. It doesn't matter if it's you, a loved one, a family member, a distant relative, doesn't really matter. We can all benefit from health care and allowing to get ahead. We all like massages, we all like dental care, we all like acupuncture, whatever it is. We can all get ahead when it comes to our health care. And companies like Generous United are helping companies out there in this pandemic afford prescription drugs essentially it's great to have this company right here in our backyard in atlantic canada and for them to be helping out uh people from this part of the world it's it's a blessing in disguise for sure so what generous united will do they will team up with the pharmacist who is a local member of your community who is also dedicated to making sure that you live a healthy life generous united and the pharmacist will team up together and that they will create and a tentative personalized service to save you money on your prescription drugs. So head on over to generousunited.ca, that's G-E-N-R-U-S, united.ca, and see if, if they have any services that can benefit you, a loved one, a family member. Like I said, doesn't really matter who. We can all be benefiting from the services over at Generous United. Today's episode is also brought to you by Osprey Ridge Golf Course. I was there this past weekend, played two rounds, the greens were perfect, the fairways were unreal, and when you have a company or a golf course, doesn't really matter what, but as long as it's family owned, you know that they're going to take pride in the work. So they're taking pride in their greens, they're taking pride in the fairway, they're taking pride in the customer service. Everything about Osprey Ridge is first class. It's a Graham Cook designed golf course. They have a brand new renovated patio that overlooks the 18th hole, the first hole, the ninth hole. It is absolutely beautiful. Like I said, 45 minutes, an hour from the city. We are there pretty much every weekend and we hope to see you there too. Today on the High Button Podcast, we have Matt Hicks. Matt is a linesman in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Incredible insight on the on the life of a linesman in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Great storyteller. Also from Moncton, New Brunswick. We were happy to have him here yesterday. Even smoked a cigar, had a glass of whiskey. It was great. First time ever in the studio. Why not? It's summer. Let's live it up. Nonetheless, great episode. Matt Hicks. I'm Justin. This is the High Button Podcast. Here we go. You know what comes next. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm trying to get onto this thing. Oh, what, geez, already I didn't, open. What is, what's it called again? Monkey Shoulder, the original blended malt scotch whiskey, batch 27. Holy smokes. You got your great 10 there. That was good reading. Thank that, you. Look at that. that. That looks great there. On a Monday, a little whiskey? Yeah. It's not going to hurt anything. I don't think. Me off there. Taste. Every time I'm watching your Instagram stories, you're on the boat, you got a nice cigar, maybe a whiskey every now and then, and I get a little jealous. So to have you here and to, to have a cigar and a whiskey with you, I'm pumped. Well, good. I'm happy to be here. Well, cheers here. We'll just, we'll get the cigars going here. Yeah, for sure. I had to fight the girlfriend over a week to light these cigars in the basement, boys. So <laughs> thank you, girlfriend. We're, we're, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to have some fun with it for sure. Wherever you are. Appreciate it. Oh, look, you got your own cutter and everything. You're all set. Can you one? There we are. Just chuck it in there, Eden.
You know they're good ones when they take forever to light. There we go. Now we're rolling. A little taste. Uh, let's tell a bunch of stories and lies. Oh, that's nice. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Yes, happy, cheers. Uh, happy to have you here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I've been a fan of your reffing style and social media style for quite some time now. So to have you here in the flesh outside of Moncton, how long have you been cooped up in New Brunswick for? Uh, COVID, I guess, two yeah, years. Yeah. You haven't been able to leave? Yeah. So whenever, when was our last He's lockdown? Like, like November? Probably. I was, so the last game that I worked outside of uh, New Brunswick was in Cape Breton on a Wednesday. I think it was the 18th of November. I'm pretty good with dates normally. So I think it was a Wednesday in the 18th of November. And then we got locked down shortly after that. And then the queue shut down for a while. And then we kind of came back. And then I believe we shut down again. And anyways, it was a bit of a racket. But uh, yeah, it's nice to uh, nice to get into the big city of Halifax. I love it here. It's beautiful. So and uh, happy to be on the podcast. I know, uh, you know, you guys have really made some headway here in the last three or four years like nhlers on here every time i'm looking so uh, certainly props to you for that very cool it's uh you know like when you you know you probably know exactly what you mean like you know you're your first maybe not first maybe you're your whatever hundredth game in the queue you know it, it maybe it meant something to you maybe it didn't but whenever i hear things like that that are said to me sometimes i forget you know, it's like whenever we do have an accomplishment on this podcast, like, yeah, it's great. I'm very excited. I'm happy, whatever. But I never think about it. I never take that second and go, oh, we just had Drake Batherson on here. You know, it's, it's it's a bit of a problem. I don't look at my accomplishments and go, oh, we just did that. I don't know about you, how you feel about whenever you have an accomplishment in your career, if you take a second and look at it. But for me, I just, but whenever people come on and say, it's like, holy shit, Justin, you do, you, you, you do that. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a cool feeling when. I guess it's recognized from the outside world, outside of these four walls in the studio. It's a good feeling. So yeah. I appreciate what you just said. Thank you. For sure. And, and I'll just, I'll expand on it. So there's a guy in, in Moncton. I don't know if you know Craig Eagles. He does a uh, little bit of writing. He has a great Twitter he, account. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an incredible writer. So I've known Eags forever through hockey and whatnot. And I kind of made a comment to him. I was working in Moncton and I was like, oh, are you going to be here? Whatever. It's going to be my 300th uh, career game. Uh, this was like probably a year and a half ago or whatever. He's like, are you serious, man? I was like, yeah, I'm coming up on 300 games, whatever. He's like, oh, I want to do like a story about you. I was like, no, no. He's like, come on. No, 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 no. I want to do a story. I'm going to call Richard, who's my boss in the Quebec League, and you know, run it by him, but I want to do a story on you. And anyways, he wrote something, man. It almost made me cry, wow. honestly. Yeah, it was really, really cool because, I mean, Craig's an incredible writer to start with, but it was just kind of like, yeah, you know, I've been doing this for nine for nine years or whatever it had been at the time. I'm going in my 11th season now, so for nine years and it was like 300 games is a lot and you know that's something that I kind of wanted to touch on today yeah. like just to kind of make people aware I mean I'm fortunate I'm 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 single no family like I don't really have any commitments I can pick up and go to Cape Breton you're killing it on a Wednesday if I smoking want a to. cigar on a Monday <laughs> yeah. a whiskey talking to a mic yeah what more do you want out of exactly. life right there but you know the the guys that have that are in the league or whatever with like a wife at home and a couple kids and whatnot like you know, driving home from Halifax, like, you know, a, a John Langell or Steve Starzomsky or Josh Young or one of these guys, like, you know, getting home from, from Bathurst on a Wednesday at four in the morning to have to get up to, you know, look after the kids or, or whatever. Eggs, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Look like it's not a, it's not an easy go. And that's, that's another thing that like, 
a lot of people are like, oh, you have like a a, a job? And I'm like, yeah, I don't, don't just referee hockey like at, at the junior level. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. isn't professional hockey, man. I know that these kids are one step away from the NHL for the most part, but yeah, it's a great side gig and whatnot, but there there is a lot of like, you know, sacrifice and whatever that goes into it. So it, it is really cool, you know, when when an accomplishment we and we try to do that. The the refereeing fraternity is, you know, we try to kind of prop each other up as as much as we can because, you know, we're the third team that's out on the ice. So Ooh, I like that. You're yeah. the third team that's out on the ice. When I was always playing, I always I'm okay. Yeah, I respected the refs, of course, but I always respected the bond that. Oh, sorry, Aiden. Is that good? I always respected the bond between the refs at the beginning of each period. How you guys all touched each other's yeah, chest. Yeah, yes. And I thought I thought that was the coolest thing playing and seeing the refs. Like, wow, I mean, those guys. It as as a player watching that, it uh, it doesn't intimidate you, but it goes, okay, these guys are they have each other's backs. No matter what happens here, these refs are gonna stick up for one another it doesn't matter if the ref makes a wrong call it doesn't matter if the linesman makes a wrong call on the an offside they're gonna have each other's backs no matter what it's 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 a it's almost like a ref putting their foot down and letting the rink letting the players letting the coaches letting everyone in the rink know they're on the same team and no one's gonna fuck with them because your position is very you know it, yeah. it's a you, you gotta have thick skin you know and it's it's interesting that you say that because um you know, we evaluate ourselves harder than anybody else evaluates us. Like, man, I hate making mistakes. Yeah. I hate, hate, hate making mistakes. Yeah. And I can guarantee you, I'm the first guy in the rink that knows I've made a mistake when I've made a mistake. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously we go on foolish about whatever in life on, on the on the road trip there and even maybe in some of the, the dressing room before. But, like, you know, once it starts getting time to go out on the ice, like we're talking about game stuff do you know what i mean especially if i'm working with maybe a younger guy or something like that I'm talking to him about you know how we're going to run the face-offs that night or a veteran official referee talking with a younger referee about you know keep an eye out for this guy and you know these two guys have kind of been going at it all season or whatever and then after a period man like that's all we talk about is like what do you think about that period remember that play where buddy was in the corner and he kind of went into the dash or weird like what'd you have there well from my angle like i thought it was a good no call and then maybe one of the other boys say wow boys the way i saw it like probably could have been a minor penalty or or whatnot like that's what we do we don't just wheel into the dressing room and fire on the speaker and start the dance party do you know what i mean like yeah we care about the hockey game, man. We really do. And the, uh, when you're bringing this story up, the first time I ever recognized that refs were critical about their own game was NHL 24-7. I think that was one of the most, the first time they ever did it on HBO. I yeah. thought that was one of the most brilliant things the NHL could have done was allowing people to see behind the scenes. And that was, like I said, the first time when they went into a dressing room of the referee after the game and they were talking about maybe, I don't know what the actual clip was, but it was refs being critical of their own work. And I was like, oh. Yeah. That the, whenever I saw that first clip, it it opened my mind up to certain things because I just I didn't think refs were pricks, but I just I didn't think they cared that, to that much. To that much. Yeah. To, you know, I thought they were there for a paycheck and bounce. Yeah. You ex- know exactly. And I'm involved with uh, with something kind of on the side, Team Stripes. So it's like a you know a Adidas. Uh, what's that? Team Stripes. No, no, no. It's um. It's like a developmental referee thing. Okay. So so w- we have like an online course and stuff. And anyways, whatever. What I'm getting to is we film this stuff, online modules. So Don Koharski runs an officiating school or, or 
has in the past run an officiating school. Okay. And I've instructed at it, and, you know, there's 50 kids that go to each one of these camps or whatever. So, obviously, we're getting into the online, and, and that's the way things are going, obviously. So, we did these modules, but we had to have, and it was a crew like this with, like, a legit setup, man. Do you know what I mean? The boys came in with cameras and microphones right. and all that shit. Okay. So... We get out there and do these modules, and it's like, this is how you do an offside and the proper position you get in, where your sight line should be, and your hard eye and your soft eye, and we talk about icings, we're talking about this, whatever, and there was a couple hockey players there from Moncton, Steve Johnson, Dom Cormier, like, these guys yeah. came out because we needed to have, like, a mock game of some guys that can maybe pass the puck around a bit. They're not, yeah. you know, trying to throw a saucer pass and rifle it into the rafters. <laughs> so we're in the dressing room after, and, you know, I've refereed Dom and Steve essentially their entire life because yeah. they're, they're from Moncton. Are they? I didn't know that. Yeah, both of them are from Moncton. So, anyways, Dom's sitting beside me. He goes, Hixie, like, I'm never going to bark at a ref ever again in my life. I was like, why? He's like, I didn't know that you guys had, like, positioning and things. Like, where you're, there's a place you're supposed to stand and, like, you got to get to a spot and you got to be athletic enough to get to there and you got to be, like, watching this but knowing about that. And, like, he's like, I didn't realize there was, like, all of that stuff that go into officiating at it at a decent level. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So it was just, that that was cool too, to, you know, to, to hear a guy that was, you know, Dom had just finished playing in where, Victoriaville, uh, and then he went and played at U Ottawa, and I just, I think he just signed an American League deal. So, you know, it's a pro hockey player talking to you like that. So it's, yeah. it's neat. Yeah, there's little things within hockey where you get uh, satisfaction. You get satisfaction. I use that word correctly. Your satis satisfaction. Your satisfaction out of uh, someone that's in the hockey world that uh, you know gives you props. Says, "Oh, wow, that's a great thing that you're doing right now." There's little things like that that allow you to, I guess, keep going in the game of hockey. Little compliments like that. Yeah, for that's sure. really cool. Um, first game in the queue. Actually, no, I don't even want to get that far ahead. Um, moment you knew, I guess, you had a skill set in lining because i always thought about a scout for a linesman like there's scouts up in the stands for a hockey player but then there's scouts up in the stands for refs and linesmen like that i guess when was the first opportunity or the first uh moment you knew okay whoa wait a second i might have a i might have a skill in this in, in this game yeah that's a great question actually uh it's a bit of a funny story so i'm victim of having a bunch of best friends that are incredible athletes um and i you know, kind of always played on the teams, but was never the best athlete. Okay. So I started refereeing hockey. Uh, my hockey career ended. I was a goalie, took a puck to the elbow, shattered my elbow. Now I'm scared of the puck. Like when somebody, when somebody <laughs> fires one in the power play, man, I'm like, oh God, I really hope he knows. But I'm working at a level good enough that most of the boys know where they're shooting the puck now. So, but anyway, so I'm at the age where it's like, I'm in grade nine or 10, I think, nine, grade nine. And I'm at the age where it's like, dad, can I have 20 bucks to like go go-karting or yeah. can I have 20 bucks to do this, 20 bucks to do that? So my dad's like, why don't you go ref, Matt? Like make some of your own money. And, and God's honest truth, I started for the money. That's why I started refereeing hockey. So, you know, I'm in the dressing room and, and it's structured the same way now. I think it's been a long time since I've been around minor hockey, which I, I probably should get back to a little more, but um, you know, if Adam plays at eight, then Pee Wee plays at nine fifteen, and Bantam plays at eleven thirty, and Midget plays at one or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, the you're in the room. You just finished your Adam game. Three guys just finished the Adam game. The the, Pee the, the Zamboni's out flooding. The Pee Wee team's ready to go, and there's only two other guys there. And it's like, oh, where's the third guy for the Pee Wee game? Yeah. Oh well, he just decided that he didn't want to come ref. 
And as the ref, man, you're like the goalie in the pickup league game. Like you got to get to the rink. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The 100%. goalie can't show up. Can't yeah. not show up. Yeah. Boys don't want to shoot posts. Yeah. Like that sucks. You got to be there. You got to be there. So I happen to be physically the biggest kid in the room a lot of the times. And it was like, you, Matt, yeah, you're staying with us and doing the peewee game. And it's like, okay, I guess. So I happened to get into some opportunities that I probably should have never been in mm. because I was physically the biggest kid in the room. And they it's were like- It's odd how that works. Yeah. So it's like, you're going to come do, like, I remember I came, I did a Bantam AA game once and it was like, I don't know, my one of my first years, first or second year doing it. And then, you know, I kind of got sort of noticed, talked through the grapevine. It's a small community, the officiating community. In, sorry, just to interrupt. There's a, a there's a, a smoke detector on the bottom of the stairs right there. The battery's in it. Can you just take the battery out? It's, it's like open because I hear it beeping in yeah, the back. Yeah, it was driving me a little nuts yeah. too. Do you, do you know what I mean though? It's right yeah. at the bottom. Thanks, Aiden. Okay, keep going. Okay, yeah. So Put on camera three. Yeah. So anywho, I, I, I start doing games that I, I wasn't assigned to do, yeah. just happened to do. And then, I don't know, I happen to be pretty good at it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it, it's naturally and, comes to you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like... Uh, you know, a little bit of communication skill and, 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 and stuff like that. Like, I was never a great skater. I'm still not a great skater. Um, but uh, I don't know. I can I can call off sides, I guess. Do you know, what you I know mean? You're, you're between the lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, I remember I was in, like, grade 12, and some of the guys from the Quebec League then approached me, and, and I was starting to work major midget okay. uh, in grade 12, which was cool because it was like – a bunch of my buddies played on the flyers and I was out there ref. So it was like, I finally made it to the same level of athleticism. You clowns are at. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And that's what I, how I felt. And then, you know, some guys came to me and they were like, you know, Matt, like, do you, do you like refing? And that's kind of what I ask young kids now. That's the first thing that I ask them if, if they want me to come have a look at them or whatever. I'm like, okay, why do you ref? Hmm. Like what, what is it about for you? Well, you know, there's no part-time job that'll pay you 15 bucks an hour or whatever. And it's like, okay, you're here for the wrong reasons, but whatever. But if there's guys that are like, I wasn't a very good hockey player or, or whatever, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Then I'm like, okay, like I'll, I'll, I'll work with you. So I was like, yeah, I do really enjoy refing. And they were like, okay, listen, man, here's the things that you – like as a referee, there's three things you can control. You can control your skating ability, you can control your rule knowledge, and you can control your physical fitness. That's it. Other than that, man, she's out of your hands. Yeah. So they were like, you know, and my thing at the time was I wasn't a great skater. So, you know, I went to the gym and I researched, you know, some core strength and some leg strength things and to try to become a better skater and, and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I got started down the competitive yeah. side of refereeing yeah. avenue it's a bit of a long-winded response sorry but yeah that's, no, that's, that's, that's fine. the story that's why you do a podcast so you get the long that fucking thing aiden's still going just take the whole there you know what just we'll just keep it keep everything going i'm just gonna go do it and then i'll edit this part out as i leave <laughs> sorry. Here we go. sorry man. i took the that's battery fine, out i figured care. that would do it didn't want to rep on any wires get myself demoted yeah. come out of my paycheck you get the big bucks to sit in that seat exactly grinelli seat yeah I call myself Mike Grinelli. I think you just had to twist it back on. Oh. Or uh, or Al's brother. Do you watch Overdrive? No. Love Overdrive, man. Oh yeah, that's good. Love and the, Overdrive. You know, all they do is talk about the Leafs, pretty much. But well, it's great. Ki- kind of, but 
yeah, I just I don't know. I, they're good. I, they have a good chemistry, and they're not even they're not even uh, in studio. They're they for the past couple of years they've been at home. Fuck boys, that's gonna be a damper. I don't know what that is. The battery going. Did you take it off the wiring harness? No. Should I do that? I'll fix the smoke detector. Okay. Do you know where it is? At the bottom of the stairs. Bottom of the stairs. I think that's a first. We got a guy going to fix. Right at the bottom to the left. You got it? Yeah. Yeah, just do what you got to do. Gas taking care of things. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, this is a first. We got cigars. And uh, an issue with the smoke detector. That's a first for the High Button Podcast. All good? I think so. We're going to find out here. We'll find out in a couple seconds here. I'm just waiting for the beat. wired back in. Um, When you said someone came to ask you, do you like to uh, ref? Who was the person that asked you that question? Christian Boudreaux. Same guy I worked my first game with. What, what, What was it? I'm sure a lot of other people have asked you that question, but what was it about him that made you remember that time? When he asked you. Because he was the first guy that asked me. That's it. Just the first guy that asked And me. it was like. Because it made you think about the question. Why do I like it? Do yeah. I like the money or do I like the competitive nature or do I love being on the same level with my friends? Yeah. yeah. And it would, honestly, it was, it would be thing two, what you just said, the competitive nature would be the, the thing that dr- drove me the most. But thing three, being on the same level with my friends was certainly a kicker. I never cared about the money, man. I. Still don't care about the money. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not my it's not my full time. It's not yeah. my yeah. It's not my full time job. Yeah. So you know it's I'm not going to say no when the money goes in the bank every two weeks. Do you yeah. know what I mean from the Quebec League when yeah. I'm working games? But uh, it's, it's not why you do it, man. Good on the Quebec League for giving that appearance that it is a full time job, man. When I see the refs wheel out there in the met, excuse me, the Metro Center. I'm like, these guys are all living in mansions, condos, <laughs> drive. Like, I'm like, you know, like the Q does, like, I'll give it to them. Q, the Q does a great job at marketing. Yeah. They do a fantastic job of making it seem like everyone that's on that ice, even the refs included, are living the dream. And when you just got here, I'm like, what brings you to town? You're like, oh, I'm just working another job. I'm like, oh. You know, the, the, the appearance is there for the Q. Yeah. For you know, sure. it, for it, sure. it's, it, it, the, it's a it's a pro league. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's oh, a pro league. Yeah. How do, do they, they do they make you feel like it's a pro league when you're traveling? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, like I have a a, a bunch of buddies that work in the National Hockey League. My my buddy Jesse Marquis actually just got the call two weeks ago. He got he went from forty uh, forty to he's hired full time contract. No way. Yeah, to Columbus. Yeah, he's from Bucktooth. She's. I don't know uh, if Jess is 25 yet or not. Anyways, he's like he's not old. Do you I wonder if I mean? that's because of the expansion. Of, uh, the expansion, like there's another team Pro- now, so they need more refs. Honestly, you know, it's like well, with, a, with another team, you got to add at least probably 10 more refs. And as the and but as the guys transition out, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know, there's guys that transition out, and usually I know the guys that were retiring. I just don't right now. I, I haven't really followed it much lately because of COVID, but. Um, yeah, like they come out and the new guys come in, so they put them on 40-40s, which is like, so Jesse would have been working like half in the American League, half in the NHL, and then they kind of decide, well, you're on this 40-40, like are we going to bring him on for, are we going to make a 15 or 20 year investment in this guy? Do you know what I mean? And then, so he got the phone call that, yeah, he's a full-time, so that's, that's cool. And and I know that those guys, you know, it's the cat's ass, the way they travel. I mean, we travel... Four guys in a vehicle, but we're we're looked after a hundred percent, man. Uh, hotels, all that stuff. A company credit card. You know, um, coffee no, in the morning. Uh, well, no, coffee a, in the morning's on you. Uh, yeah, yeah, on the rookie. Yeah, usually the rookie <laughs> picks up the coffee. I I I got out of that about five years ago. Um, 
But, uh, and, and the other thing too, that I will say about the league, uh, well, it's with our boss who's top shelf, like anytime there's any bit of weather or anything like that, man, like hunker down, like, do you know what I mean? Mm. Don't travel boys. Was it like Get, that even before Humboldt? Yeah. It was yeah. Uh, like that yeah, before? it was. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was like, you know, let's not have, you know, let's be asking for permission rather than for forgiveness. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, we're treated really well, man. It's I can't I you know can't complain. We have training camp on uh, August fourteenth, and you know there'll be skate guys there to you know get us rigged up with skates, and uh, we can pick up pick out some some swag and shit like that. So yeah, it's cool. It's so fun. You get like one. You get a, a pair of skates a season. Uh no, we have we we get a we get a discount through the manufacturers, and then we get them you know whatever. I usually change my skates every two years. So yeah, yeah. How do you think about uh, who was the ref that got let go from the NHL this year because he was trying to get a call back Tim, on Nashville? Tim, yeah. What's your, what's your thought on that? Every every everyone in here is a hockey player. We know how the game goes. How you got to make it even and maybe yeah. if you're a new fan to the game and you look at that and maybe let's say you're a heavy better into hockey and you see something like that that's not good well, what do you think about all that well you just hit the nail on the head that's yeah. a gambling thing right like yeah. i i'm going to give a lot of credit to basically all the coaches in the nhl like they all came out and were like tim peel's a fantastic official yeah and that shit goes on a lot more than anybody thinks it does like if you think that he said something that doesn't happen on the regular like Man, if you think that when the UNB Varsity Reds go and play another team that isn't the UNB Varsity Reds, do you St. Know Tom- St. Thomas. St. Thomas. Yeah. There we go, because they're not in the league anymore. Oh, perfect. Not perfect. No, there, there we go. go. <laughs> when the UNB Varsity Reds go and play St. Thomas, yeah. and they're going to beat them 14-1 to 1 with their eyes closed, do you think that we're calling penalties on St. Thomas? And do you think if we can find one on UNB, we're going to find it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Boys, the outcome of the game, it's already done. They showed up. The bus got here. The game's over. <laughs> like, if the boys get their gear on, she's over. Do you know what I mean? The outcome's done. Are we going to, like, how how pissed off do we want to get St. Thomas? Yeah. Oh, so we want to get them pissed off at the fact that they're getting the snot beat out of them. Now they're pissed off at us. Now they're pissed off at everybody. So now everybody's emotional. Now what happens? Somebody decides they want to run somebody from behind because they're angry and they make a poor decision or swing their stick or do something. It's our job to evaluate, and 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 one of our supervisors, Moncton Don Gadat, he's the best at it. It's like having a pot on the stove. You got to know when the pot's going to boil over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Our job is to... Turn the dial on the stove. You do that through communication and whatever. Like, there's nothing that Tim said that doesn't happen. Do you know what I mean? But you can't get caught saying that stuff, man. Do you know what I mean? Like, I've never done that before. <laughs> like, but do you know yeah, what I mean? I know, wink, yeah, wink, yeah, wink, yeah, nudge, yeah. nudge. Of course. But I think that that all comes from the from the guy that's gambling on hockey that doesn't know much d- knows nothing about hockey nothing yeah. probably never seen a game in his life yeah. that's a, a a math formulas guy that's calculating odds has got some uh uh algorithm do you know what i mean of some kind that plugs the games in the algorithm and it tells him this is who you're betting on tonight because of the odds or the spread or the whatever i'm not a huge gambling guy but i know that that's what drives that and i think i mean the nhl is competing against the three other big leagues in 
gigantic. Exactly. An understatement. One of them owns a day of the week. As said on concussion. Do you know what I mean? They own a yeah. day of the week. One of them owns China. I'm not going to say owns China, but is heavily, heavily invested in China, the NBA. Exactly. Huge in the NBA. Yeah. And the MLB is global, man. Well, it's America's tradition. That's their... It's their... So the NHL is competing against them. They all have betting. They all have that stuff. Like, And you know, it's the most expensive for kids to play. Yes. Which isn't helping the feeder, Bingo. The feeder kids come B- through. Bingo. Absolutely. So, you know... Say what you want about Gary Bettman, man. I take my hat off to him. He's done a, like from a business standpoint. Yep. Like I think he's done a hell of a job with the National Hockey League, man. And to be able to pull off the playoffs that they did in that bubble, two years ago or whatever, and not have one case. Like when they announced that, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, the boys are gonna stay in the hotel, and oh yeah, nobody's gonna venture out, and like, oh yes, no, for sure. Like I was like, there's no way. Like first week, she's over. Somebody's getting COVID. It's all done. But they, cheers, thank you. But, you know, they made it, they they pulled it off. And I thought that that was remarkable. I really did. So, yep. you know, take my hat off to them for sure. Yeah, what's interesting how there's a lot of people within, uh, I guess you could say government, perspective, professional sports, whatever, who, you know, maybe panicked at this whole COVID thing. And, you know, panic comes with the territory of something that's brand new that comes into this world. And you look at a sporting world and, you know, let's say, yeah, you do look at the NHL and you want to make things happen because the fans are very demanding and want playoffs. And like you just said, like you nailed it on the coffin as well. Nail it on the coffin? Hit the nail on the Hit coffin. Hit the nail on the coffin. For them to pull that off and do it in a fashion that they did under pressure under a fan base that maybe isn't already happy i don't know it's incredible to deal with pr to deal with the black lives matter movement too during that too yeah like right. there, there was right so, that was huge that was right around that, that pretty, as well there was a there was a lot going on there was a shooting like i think the nova scotia shooting happened during like there was just so much going on and for them to be able to recognize everything keep everyone happy keep the money flowing in. i don't know if they made money or not they probably lost money on it but Nonetheless, they keep the they kept the league. They kept the league up and running, and you want to think that they're 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 not battling other leagues, but they're bad they're battling the perception of other leagues. Okay, if the NFL is able to stay up, we have to stay up. If the NBA is going to stay up, we have to stay up. If MLB is going to be up, we got to be up. If we want to be considered the best professional sporting league, we have to deliver. Yeah, of and course. they did. Of course, they did. I just want to make one point. Do you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Are, the, you, are, you an elect- are you an electrician? No, well? I'm not. And I was just about to, like, look at all this fancy gear you guys get have in here. Cords, oh, cords <laughs> everywhere. Do you know what I mean? All I know about electrical is red on red, black on black. <laughs> and I got the noise to stop. First air. Yeah. First air of the game. That, that's, I, mean, I just had to do a humble brag. How there, long are you in Halifax for? We might need you again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you the invoice. I'll yeah, come whenever yeah, you yeah. want, but I'll send you the invoice. Oh, couple repairs you can do around here anyways <laughs> oh, oh, what a beautiful shop man and i love this place yeah it's, it's so cool and and you know i know we already got into it but just the, the brand that you've created and, and grown throughout the last whatever i just think that it's it's super cool and you know it this is like uh this is a place you want to come sit down have a glass of scotch smoke a cigar and shoot the shit oh it's it what it is it is it was necessary during covid because before, sure. before COVID, uh, the company was on the road every weekend. We were traveling. We're in PEI. We're right. in New Brunswick. We're uh, we're in Boston. We're in Vancouver. Like we we just travel. That's how we grew the company. And when you know, obviously, like all right, you got to stay home for the next two years. 
fuck. Okay, I got worked on. Better pivot. I got worked on at a Tim Hortons or a Starbucks for the past two years in a coffee shop on my laptop. Like I, I don't. I, that's where I focused. Like I had nowhere to focus, so I panicked for a sec. And I remember when they're like, you know, it, remember how you said where was it the AUS championship where yep. they, all this happened? So yep. it was that week for me where panic set in. It, it, it shut down, but it didn't set in like the panic probably for like a week later. Because, you know, none of us have ever gone through anything like this. Like, Remember the U Sports Cup? Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that, we were there. Well, that's I what was I mean. My, that yeah, was he was rapping. I, w- he was I was in there. there. <laughs> were you? Yeah. yeah. That was my first day. Yeah, that I was his sports. first day. So the first day, U-Sports Cup. he was up in the press box with us. Okay. And then right after that, it all shut down. Yeah. What are you yeah. looking at him like in that? For? No, it's just <laughs> crazy. <laughs> like, I'm just, no, I'm just, I'm remembering it. And I'm just remembering where I was like I remember I, I forget the gentleman's name but so it was Acadia's tournament and the athletic director for Acadia was like under in the Metro Center or whatever it's called Scotiabank Center whatever it's called now Metro Center okay Metro Center where we get dressed this man is on the phone and he is running back and forth and he's on the phone with like Trudeau exactly. <laughs> I don't know who's on the phone with man but he's on the phone with somebody important do you yeah. know what I mean and it's like he was just like sweating profusely because like this hockey tournament that's probably taken them a year to gear up yeah. is now like she's over. Well, I knew the guy that organized it, Chris Larson. He runs uh, C, the Sport Entertainment Atlantic, and I had a podcast with him maybe three weeks before the event started. And he was going over the exhausting hours it takes to put on a tournament like this, talking to the, the, the mayor, getting hotels, For getting sure. organizers, Crazy. getting cars, getting commute from the airport yep. to the rink. So much goes into it. And I remember I saw Chris walking around, uh, like what, under, what do you call them? Under the stands, under the, what do you, yeah. like where you get dressed? Where we get dressed. Yeah, where yeah. we get dressed, where like underneath, dressed. like where the fans aren't. Yeah. And I just saw Chris pacing and you saw the, the 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 wheels were turning I and mean, how okay if this doesn't go down how do we reencoup how do how do we adjust how do we make sure this goes on and it wasn't just him it was everyone it was the refs it was the training staff it was everyone had that look so another funny story about that is so that the U Sports Cup is a s- s- event run by U Sports CIS the officials are supplied through Hockey Canada like U Sport doesn't have their own officials like. So, you know, I'm a Hockey New Brunswick official supplied by Hockey Canada. So the rumor or whatever, I have no idea if it's true or not. Yeah. But the one of the things that was said was it's Hockey Canada's fault that this tournament has happened because they pulled the refs. Because Hockey Canada was like, we're, we're ceasing all activity, essentially, or whatever, on the 14th or whatever, 14th. That or, sounds about right. I think it yeah. was. I, I think it was the 14th of March when, you know, the NBA and then the Root. the, the uh, MLB and then the NB, yeah. the soccer, uh, Major League Soccer, whatever. They it, all, yeah. the, all the, the, dominoes the dominoes fell. started yeah, falling. Fell. Exactly. And then, and then that night, the Thursday night, Hockey Canada was like, we're out or whatever. So Doug Hayward, who's the RIC for the for the country, sits on the board of Hockey Canada for officials. He calls us into the thing. He's like, boy, she's over. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, and he's like, for you guys that are from out west, like get to the airport now and get on a goddamn airplane. Like, get home. Yeah. So I just had to drive back to New Brunswick. Okay, no trouble. Yeah. So, but people were on Twitter and you know how that goes. You know what I mean? It starts that it's Hockey Canada's mm-hmm. fault because they pulled the officials and they were going to find like scab officials to referee 
the CIS National Championship. No, I heard. Yes, I and I was like, boys. Really? I heard about that yeah, that weekend. I, I remember Yeah, that. I was like, if those guys put some guy that does Adam A on the ice with the UNB Varsity Reds and the Alberta Golden Bears, I'm sitting in the stands with popcorn. Never mind. <laughs> never mind going home. Yeah. I want to watch that happen. That's like, because that's NHL caliber hockey, basically. Well, imagine putting like a ref in there that's like 18 years old, just no idea what they're oh, doing. Oh, it wouldn't be an 18 year old man. It would be the 50 year old man that never oh, had a shot with God. the. He wouldn't even have the visor. You know those cages? Yeah. Those half cages? <laughs> yeah. He'd, he'd be rocking one of those. Yeah, wearing jeans. With the, uh, with the, yeah, with the, uh, T blades, tongues out. Guaranteed. <laughs> He'd have the T-blades, tongues out, with the half visor. Oh, it would be, or the half cage. It would be awesome. And I'd be in the stands just roaring yeah. as Gardner. I'll risk COVID over this. Yeah. I'll watch oh, this. Oh, yeah. yeah. To watch Gardner McDougal yeah. scream at that man? Yeah. For sure, yes. Oh, man. That's so funny. I didn't hear that rumor, but that would have been incredible. You, you got that one? I, I, I remember. I don't know if I read about it or heard about it, yeah. but there was 100%. Like, a I rumor remember, like I, that. A rumor that yeah. they were going to throw just random local guys on the ice, and I was... Like texting my buddies, like, have you got a call? Are you yeah, going? You got- are you are you going you to the Wii Sports Cup? Yeah, like, yeah, we need some guys. I'm in the press box. Get right. get out there. Right, but yeah, no, it was, it was definitely yeah. out there for That's sure. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and and just to speak to that caliber of hockey, so I worked uh, the national championship. I sound like I'm bragging. I apologize for that. But I worked the national championship in Fredericton in '18, okay. and uh, X played UNB in the semi. Where was this? Sorry. In Fred- okay, Fredericton, sorry, New Brunswick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, UNB was the host, and X played them in the semi. Wow. What a, give me some play. Like Trey Lewis. We, like, who Trey was, was there, yeah. yeah so okay, so, so yeah, dad, yeah, called yeah. Them, dad called them the wind-up doll line. <laughs> so they had Mike Thomas, Danny Willick in the middle, who wouldn't hurt a fly, was the captain of the team, and Trey Lewis. And it was like, dad was like, it's like Gardner goes, ring, ring, ring to Mike and Trey until it's like, yeah, and yeah, until it's yeah. ready, and then it's like go. Wow. Those guys would come off the bench, man, and just try to run you through the wall. Absolute animals. Do you know what I mean? So, and uh, you know, X had like uh, Stednicka and like some some. Anyway, so I worked that game. It's the best game of hockey I've ever been on the ice for in my life. Packed arena. It wasn't. Oh yeah, it oh, was yeah. cool, man. It was really really cool. And X beat them. Wow. And but- I remember Joe Ellery, who's. An incredible official. He actually had a serious opportunity to go in the NHL, but wanted to kind of go the family route and whatever instead. So he, he decided not to. This guy's worked a pile of international events, worked a couple World Juniors, worked a bunch of Memorial wow. Cups. Yeah, he's good. Man. Wow. So he called a penalty shot against UNB. Like Saint FX took the penalty shot with like four minutes left in the game in UNB. Dad called me after the game and was like, Who is that guy you're refing with? And I was like, Joe Ellery, he goes, he got the biggest balls I ever seen in my life. Wow. He goes, that was incredible, man. He was like, because. Was it the right call? Oh, yeah. Okay. And it like, but if you call a minor penalty for hooking there, it's like, okay, there's four minutes left of the game. Like, yeah. that'll do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That'll do. Yeah. No. Boom. Penalty shot. Center ice. They didn't score on it, which is a referee's best friend. Call a penalty shot and then the team doesn't score. Yeah. No harm, no foul. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You look like a big dog. Yeah. You're just like, man, hey, it's it all was, good. I was like, oh my God, man, this guy's legit. But anyways, he's just, but that's what it takes to make. Co- no, just Coe's always said, Don Koharski, because I've worked, you can referee with fear or you can referee with courage. There's only two ways to do it. You can referee with fear. You can referee with courage. Is it hard? It's hard to referee with courage. Is man. it? It's hard to referee with. Courage. Can it be taught, or are you you're born with it? Can you? Is it just repetition? It's it's 
it's tr- it's trusting yourself. It's trusting yourself and not giving a shit about what the general public thinks or that like you might make this coach upset or whatever. It's about do I trust myself that this is this is the the right decision, the best thing for the game, and I'm going to make it. And man, when there's 15,000 people in the Videotron Center screaming at you, like sometimes the little man that is yourself, do you know what I mean, gets over like it's not easy. You're but, human. Yeah. Right, it's not easy. So, yeah, you can referee with fear, you can referee with courage, and that's kind of the name of the game. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. What's I, the what's the what? I was just going to say I don't know how you do it. Like I did, I remember calling a penalty shot in a Bantam AA girls Sedma final. And Big shit myself. Shit myself. <laughs> like, and I went over and the coach was looking for an explanation. I was just like, I, I just did it. I, I, I threw up the signal, I, you know, and just, yeah, that takes balls. And, yeah. You know, yeah, well, I, I, you got to be confident, the, like you said. The boys will chirp me if I don't say this. Luckily, I'm only a linesman and I don't make that call. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they'll be like, oh, yeah, I played it off as a referee. Heck, out a boy. But, um, no, but the guys that do, like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's cool. All right, it's time for a quick timeout brought to you by Crypto Vantage. Did you know teams like the Dallas Mavericks and the Oakland A's are allowing you to buy tickets using Bitcoin? That's right, Bitcoin. More teams and more athletes are getting involved in the cryptocurrency world. You can get paid through cryptocurrency. Like I said before, you can buy tickets with cryptocurrency. The world of crypto cryptocurrency is absolutely insane right now, and we all know that the sporting world and the crypto world are coming hand in hand. That's why we are happy to team up with Crypto Vantage to make sure that they are giving us more information so we can get ahead in the crypto world. For more information, head on over to info.cryptovantage slash high button. Sign up for the white paper. It is free. All you have to do is type in your name, your email. They will send you the information through the website. Like I said, people, it is free. It's not going to cost you a cent. I'm not going to make sure our listeners are forking down money. Don't even worry about it. All you have to do is head on over to info.cryptovantage slash high button. Fill out the paper you will get an email notification giving you more information on the website so you can sign up. And actually, we have our own custom video there. So if you actually do go to info.cryptovantage slash high button, you'll see myself in the studio rocking my nice high button polo. And I'm actually talking about my own personal story with cryptocurrency. So one more time, head on over to info.com or sorry, info.cryptovantage slash high button. Sign up for the white paper and you will be supporting high button sports and you will be getting more knowledge on the cryptocurrency world. How about that? Hell you of an ad. Hell of an ad. How was that? Right there. You can breathe now. That was that was good. That, that was, was really solid. Good. You do when people will like people like, will go to the people fire are, up the computer there and net, put my name on the yeah. white, on the yeah. white page. You're gonna sign up for the white paper. Sure. Awesome. There's a Bang. there's a, one already. Are you gonna sign up? I'll sign up. So that's two people right there. For you the do white this paper. thing when you read ads. Like I listen to obviously I listen to every podcast, but um you do like right there you said crypt. Toe, like really just hammered it yeah. home. Oh, that reels you right in. When I was younger, I had like a speech impediment. I think I still do, but I went to like a speech doctor once and he's like, you got to really hone in on like your, what are they called, syllables? Your, your yeah. the, the last word, the, 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 k- you got to yeah. hone in on them. Yeah. So that's one thing I try to you practice. Reel it right in. There. Every, every single podcast I notice that. Like, I love it. Bang. Anyways. It makes you think. So yeah. Crypto Vantage slash high button. Well. Head on over. Am I being you, got any money in cri- you got any money in crypto right now? Well, I, do, I don't, but I, I'm going to make a comment. Like, a, a bunch of my buddies do. 
And are you your know, buddy? Are your buddy sports guys? Yeah, they are. They are. Like I'm talking about guys that referee. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, two two of my referee buddies have like these wild computers that I know nothing about because what I know about electrical is red on red and black on black. Um, <laughs> but you know they got these wild computers and they're actually mining this stuff, right? So, but a perfect example is you know. Don Koharski ran officiating camps, in-person officiating camps. We still do something along those lines for years. And then it was like, you want to know what? The the future is going, you know, online and digital and whatever. Like, we got we have to make, like, an online university or an online module, something that somebody can log into and, and watch from their computer or watch from their home or, or whatnot. So... You know, this cryptocurrency stuff, I don't know a lot about it, but I also like to think that I'm not an idiot. Like, it's probably, like, right now in 2021, like, is it, you know, the biggest, baddest thing? Probably not, but what's it going to look like in 2031? And, uh, man, when you buy low and sell high, like, that's... You know, it's a recipe it for yeah, it's a yeah. great thing. No, it's definitely an interesting world, and uh, I'm honestly like, yeah, they're a sponsor of the podcast, but I'm not going to bring on a a company to the. Right. I'm not going to bring on another company to High Button Sports that I don't actually believe in, and actually go into their website, CryptoAdvantage.com. There is actually like tons of information. So my story, what happened to me was I put money into a, a website back in 2013. Probably put like a hundred bucks into Bitcoin. Didn't check it for like. Five years or something exactly. crazy. Yeah. Ended up making like 1200 nice. bucks, but I couldn't get my money out because I had to do, I had to redo my, um, password. Identif- <laughs> yeah, my password, <laughs> but my identification because my ID that I signed up for expired. So I had a new ID number and I typed in my new ID number and it wouldn't accept it because I had to sign up for the website on my old ID. So I lost all my money. And it's just little things like that because it is, you know, cryptocurrency. It's a, it's a new world. So there's tons of information, like how to store it and stuff. So I don't know. It's just it's just a cool website to check out and get some information from. That's funny. I yeah. just I don't know if you guys have ever seen the skit. Chris, uh, it's either Chris Rock or Kevin Hart. I forget which one. Okay. But it's the moving the money from my check-ins to my savings. <laughs> have you seen that one? No, what is it? That's what that sounds like to me. <laughs> yeah. So the, anyways, the long story short is the lad goes to Vegas yeah. with like a bunch of high rollers. Love it. And they go out and like spend a pile of money on like night one or whatever. Yeah. He blows her all, empties the account, right? Yeah. And the boys the next night are like, we're going after it again. And he's like, (laughs) boys, I got to move my, like he's broke, but he's telling me, he's like, I got to move my money from my check-ins into my savings. And it takes four business days to do the transaction (laughs) from my check-ins to my savings. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Anyway, if you've never seen that skit. Yeah. So we've all been there. Chris Rock? Who, who's, who did it's the It's either Chris Rock or Kevin Hart. I forget. But if you haven't seen it, it's hilarious. Oh, that's oh, so Oh, we've all funny. been there, man. Me and my roommate, when I was like 20 years old, scrounged out $18 for a tin of chew out of the, out of the couch, man. And we were like fired up. I think we had like a pack of Mr. Noodles in the fridge. Unreal. Do you know what I mean? Those are the best stories, though. Priorities. Oh, yeah. Get your priorities straight. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyways. Oh, man. I remember starting this company and how broke. I didn't have a cell phone for... I didn't have a cell phone for two, maybe three years at the beginning of this company. I had a media company without a cell phone, without internet, like without like a network. A mobile device. I had a mobile device, but everywhere I went, I had to connect to Wi-Fi. And even if I did have Wi-Fi, I'd have to like uh, uh, iCall. 
what's it called? Not FaceTime. FaceTime. I'd have to FaceTime. I couldn't like actually call someone without Wi-Fi. So picture that. Like I remember like going to meetings at Dirty Nellies, and I I didn't have a car back then, so I'd have to take like the bus down to Dirty Nellies from the house I was living in before. And by the time I get to Dirty Nellies, I check my messages, and it's like, oh yeah, I can't make it. I'm actually going to change the meeting to one <laughs> thirty, and we're going to do it in Dartmouth if that's okay. Well, I just bust all the way down. I didn't get the message, so like. The battle at the very beginning of not having money with this company, it sucked at the time, but now looking back on it, where I'm not, I'm not saying I'm comfortable, but I'm, I'm okay. And just looking back at those stories, it's, it's just the yeah. funniest thing. So like you're talking about Mr. Noodles, it's like, yeah, I'm sure you're comfortable now, but looking back at those stories are the best, the best, yeah, the you, best you were You were asking for the waitress if she could give you 50 cents for the next bus over oh, yeah. from, from <laughs> Dirty oh, yeah. Nellie's to, oh, uh, excuse yeah. me, do you mind just spotting me 50 cents so yeah. I could pay this bus ride oh, across yeah. the bridge? Wait, what's the Wi-Fi password actually before I order it? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see if I have any money in my account here, right quick. Yeah, Everybody that oh. loves that guy. What's the wife man? What's the Wi Fi password the guy? Password. That's all. What was the Wi Fi password here? Yeah. I'm in the form running from corner to corner to try to take a video to upload something. Like, where's the Wi Fi? <laughs> Oh, I had racket. to go to the I had to go to like the skate sharpener guy. Hey, what's the Wi Fi password here? We've all been there, man. Oh, and you man. wanna know what? Like people that haven't been there have been incredibly fortunate in their life, but at the same time they missed uh like a hilarious part. Of their life. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't wish that on anybody for an extended period of time, but for like in your early 20s or whatever, late teens, early 20s, like, yeah, man, that's how you figure it out. That's how you get life experience. Like, okay, I'm getting paid on Friday yeah, and yeah. I have $6.50. There's a can of beans. Like, I can maybe make two servings out of that. Do you know what I mean? The best. Oh, yeah, the wicked. Best. You're just finagling, and you're like, oh, but the boys want to go, like, it's wings tonight at whatever. Like, 25, so, 25 cents a wing. Yeah, yeah. And maybe if I didn't tip, yeah. maybe, I, okay, yeah. yeah. I can if do I this, play yeah. Jimmy this afternoon at golf and rinse him, I yeah. can get 20 bucks <laughs> for that. <laughs> if I bet 50 bucks on this par three, I'm yeah, great yeah, at the par yeah, three. There's yeah, no way yeah. he's going to There's no yeah. way he's gonna par this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, chuck a kid on some public transit, that's how you turn him into a man. I think Kevin Hart said that. You want to turn a kid into a man, chuck him on some public transit buses. Couldn't agree more. He'll, he'll be a man in, the, in a year. He'll Couldn't figure it more. out. Um, what was I going to ask? Oh, yeah, I want to know about uh, what it's like up in northern Quebec in the middle of the winter. There I have never been. So Really? Yeah. So Do you consider yourself fortunate because of that? No, I'd love. You'd to go. love to go yeah. to like Rouen yeah. and Valdor and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Like I think that. So I'd. I'm telling my secrets, but I'd like to get to 20 years in the league. I'm going into 11. Wow! If I keep myself in shape, which I'm not now, but if I keep myself in reasonable shape, hopefully I can make that happen. And then in my last year, normally if you're, you know, if you've been a good boy and whatever, like you can kind of sort of request to to do that and i think that i'd like to work in all of the ranks um in the league before that's a cool yeah yeah right so um i've worked obviously the six ranks in the maritimes uh ramuski which is my favorite barn by far why ramuski just it's just cool man it's just cool it's a cool spot it's it's old and the fans are into it and it's just a small little town and um there was a year that i went there like probably six or seven times. I just like Ramuski. I always have. It's not that far of a drive. When- so so it's a half hour farther for us from Moncton than for us to go to Sydney. And we go to Sydney, man, down and back on Sundays. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. like. And when I tell people that, they're like, what do you mean you drive to Sydney 
referee a hockey game, and then drive home. And I'm like, yeah, that's what we do. And they're like, no, there's no, like, there's no way. It's like, yeah. So, like, for people, like, when people say to me, like, oh, it's like, are, are you, like, can you come, like, an hour and a half? I'm like, yeah, that's a hop, skip, and a jump. Do you know what I mean? Like, at five hours, I start to get tired in the car. Before that, like, I'm good. Like, driving to Halifax, to me, is down the road yeah. from Moncton. It's yeah. not far. No. If you're drafted to Moncton in the queue, you're pumped. Mm. You're home in two hours. Yeah, for sure. So, I've worked uh, Ramuski, uh, Quebec City. I've worked both the old rink and the new rink. Uh, both of them are incredible. The old rink's, you know, nostalgic, and the new rink is the new rink. It's an <laughs> unbelievable. It's like just one lower bowl. It's so cool, oh, man. Yeah. Um, Wi-Fi's great there. <laughs> I worked, <laughs> worked in Victo, and uh, I worked a Super Series game in uh, Sherbrooke, which is also a, another another cool rink. So uh, they got a lot of students from bishops there. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, um, but yeah, Ramuski's my favorite. Wow. For sure. Um, I have a funny Ramuski story. If you if you want to hear it. No, it's alright, man. It's good. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give it. Let's go. So. I don't know. What? No, I don't know. I'm trying to figure. I was like, it was like my fourth or fifth year in the league, I think. So we're going to Ramuski on a Friday for. Actually, we're working. We're working Ramuski on Friday, Quebec City on Saturday. That's a great, great bro. trip. That's a, great, a great trip. trip. That's a great because Saturday's going to be packed. Ramuski's going to be packed, but Saturday night in Quebec in, City. Like, is it? Are you at the Verdun or are you at the Pepsi? We're at the Pepsi. Oh, I'm getting pumped right now. You know, do you know anything about the Pepsi? I've been there. You've been to the Pepsi there. Oh, it's unreal stadium. Yeah, it's a cool spot. So, anyways, like you see that on the schedule, and you're like, fingers crossed. You're like, oh, please, 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 and then it comes out, and you get it. So, (laughs) anyways, I decided this is back when I kept myself in really good shape. So I decided I was going to work out at like seven in the morning on the Friday, little pregame workout, whatever, blah blah blah. So I get to my buddy's house. We're loading up the vehicle to go to Ramuski, the four of us. And I had to take a leak, something fierce, man. So I go into his house and I'm not the rookie on the trip. There's another guy that's a rookie. I'm like, load the car. Yeah. So anyways, I go in, use the washroom, come out. We get in the thing. Off we go to Ramuski. So we get to Ramuski. We get to the hotel. We're going to check in, go up, maybe grab an hour nap, uh, shower up, go to the rink. So we're unloading the car and I'm like, Mo. I was like, where's my uh, my travel bag? Like with my suit shit in it. Do you know what I mean? Like my cl- I got all you. of my clothes. I'm wearing a track suit. That's what I have on. Track suit from the gym and whatever. I'm like, where's my travel bag? And Mo's a bit of a joker. He's like, oh, man, I don't know. Whatever. I'm like, okay, boys. Funny, like hilarious. Where's my travel bag? And then Mario comes out who hasn't seen any of this. And it was actually the same year that I worked the Super Series. And I was like, Mayor, where's my travel bag thing? He goes, that thing that you brought on the plane last week to Montreal? And I was like, yeah. He goes, oh, I haven't seen that. <laughs> so Matt Maia, who's not in the league anymore, not because of this, but he's just not in the league anymore. So I looked at him. I was like, Matt, did you pack my travel bag? No. For fuck's sake. I'm in Ramuski two hours before game time. I got to be at the rink in an hour and an hour you know what i mean yeah no clothes are you are you still thinking this is a joke like you start no no, still, no now i know like it's not it's there. not okay. a joke okay. like okay. yeah like i don't got no clothes yeah man. okay so <laughs> i google dress clothes ramuski <laughs> and it brings me to this place on main street which would be like the the equivalent to the duggars here springer right okay. so i go in and I grab a pair of pants and whatever, blah, blah, blah. A pair of pants, a shirt, a tie, 
I was like, okay, I'll deal. Like, I won't deal. Like, I don't need a coat, whatever. But a pair of pants or shirt and a tie, at least, look half respectable to go to the rink. $875 or something. No. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, no, no, no. So I speak a little bit of French, so I was like, uh, Je suis l'albit pour le jeu à soir, puis j'ai besoin des vêtements parce que j'ai... Whatever, in broken French. Whatever. I'm impressed. Yeah, so I'm like, you know, je veux pas payer trop cher pour ces vêtements. Okay. And then the girl's like, ben, y'a une target. Y'a une target, la badalou. Y'a target. So anyways, I run her into Target, pick up clothes for the whole weekend, 200 bucks. Never took the tags off them, returned them in Moncton. At a boy. Score. At a boy. So I get into the rink and we've got a supervisor, Denny Morel, who's a great guy. I'm like, hey, Denny, how are you? He's like, oh, Matt, uh, your tag for your shirt, it's still on. I was like, yeah, Denny, I'm going to keep it there because I'm bringing them back, <laughs> back to Moncton when we get out of this racket. <laughs> so, anyways, but uh, there's been a lot of, uh, there's been some fun in Ramuski for sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, it's a, it's a place I, I love to referee the game. It's it's good fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. Before that's so sick. I love the life on the road, man. I can't wait to travel again. Yeah. That's the best part about it. I just I just can't wait to travel and get out and have little stories like that again. The best part. Yeah, that's exactly. You're exactly right. That that's why we do it. Like uh, I love I love the 60 minutes of the game and I love that like to tell you that I love traveling 10 hours to Cape Breton on a Sunday in the dead of winter like yeah, it's fun. No? no, but like the actual like I, actual I part in the car. Well, the talk and stuff, but like you know, we're sitting around having a say right now, and that's pretty fun. Like I'm not stuck in a car to Cape <laughs> Breton in a snowstorm. Like yeah, I guess so. so. But but it's the stories that are really the cool part. And it goes back to like being poor too. It's the same thing. Mm. It's just like that's where the best stories come from. Sorry, I just got to reply to this here. Absolutely. Um, business. You're man. Run- I was gonna say business you're, ru- man. you're running a business. Yeah. I would hope that you yeah. probably do messages. Um, I'm just a lowly whatever. I don't even think no, I have friends. Oh, two, two text messages. Wow. That's not bad. Who are they from? Kyle Hackett and Matt Peters. Oh, boy. If you do me a favor, if you get a call during this podcast, pick it up. <laughs> I love when that happens. Like if my mom ever calls every now and then, I'll pick it up. What are you doing? Oh, man. If my mom called, it would be hilarious. <laughs> um, before, you, uh, before we started the podcast, we were talking about uh, the game within the game. And I think that's one of the coolest aspects of your job, how you're able to see the game within the game. You're able to see personalities of the players. Because we all know, you know, hockey personalities outside of the rink, they're very calm, cool, collective, especially during interviews. I would know that better than anyone. Of course. But when you're on the ice and you get to see these guys in a scrum, you might fuck you, what the fuck you, you, might, you know, you get to see the best of it. <laughs> but at the same time, as you get to view it, you have to monitor it. And essentially, you got to you gotta ref it. You got to make sure it stays within the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Give me some keys to success to making sure that a game stays civil. Because we all know when the scrum goes in the front of the net, there's some shit that, you know, maybe on the average night, it's whatever, boys, whatever, a little, little punch here, a little punch there, go to the bench. But every now and then it gets to a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. And maybe some refs can't, or excuse me, some linesmen can't handle that. What are your keys to success to keeping a game healthy within a game? I mean, I... I'm a communication guy. Do you know what I mean? Like that's always been my thing. And some guys really like it. There's probably guys that don't. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I talk and stuff out there. But you know, we alluded to it earlier. We run the dial on the stove. Do you know what I mean? And it's about knowing where the dial and the stove is. And it's about knowing 
who's who and what's what and and who's up against who. Like I, I'll I'll give you a story. I don't know if if you guys were here for it happened in Halifax. Do you remember when Boko jumped off the bench and spit on the goalie on his way out? Yes, I was there. Upper bowl. Remember clear as day. Kelly Bent tried to fight Valeno. Do you remember who spear tackled Kelly Bent? No. You're talking to him. Oh, there he goes. Both of those guys were on the podcast. <laughs> Going to need an autograph after this. <laughs> so, but I knew, as anybody that's officiating in that league should, here's a guy that's 20, going to fight a guy that's 16. He was 15. 15. That was that his was exceptional status here. 15. Boco? Years old. No, no. Kelly. Joe Valeno was in the league for St. John. Okay, his exceptional okay, yeah, status. Sorry, here. sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then yeah. Kelly was giving okay, it to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Boko used to play in a line with Joe for this reason exactly. And for whatever reason, he wasn't on the ice when this happened. So Kelly hits him. Like, it's not from behind, but it's a bit of a chintzy hit. I'm not the biggest Kelly Bent fan in the world, just saying. But anyways, a <laughs> bit of a chintzy hit. Um, and that's okay, but it's when he cross-checks him and Joe turns around and now Kelly realizes who it is and he goes to fight him. And I'm they're like on the half wall bench side and I'm over on the far blue line. And I'm like, okay. oh my, this can't happen. Like... You can't have a 20-year-old fighting a 15-year-old in life. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. can't happen in life. Yeah. Like, r- remember what your body looked like at 15 and remember that it looked like at 20. Yeah. Like, you you would you would kill a 15-year-old. Exactly. Kill a 15-year-old. So I'm like, this can't happen. So I come flying across and I tackle Kelly and he's down on the ice and I just screamed at him. like I was like, what are you thinking, man? What are you thinking right now? And I remember we got up and we turned and I looked and here comes Boko from the bench, man. And I looked him in his eyes. And I have been on the ice in some senior games with some guys that are tough customers. And I know when that look in their like they're not coming to fight somebody because it's like, okay, you just hit my guy from behind. The wires and now are I, right. Now I've got it. Now I've got to fight you because this is how this works and whatever. Like he was coming to hurt him and he was coming to hurt and he could have hurt him bad. Like, the, the guy's an animal. So, um, I just grabbed Kelly's head, and I tucked it into my chest, and I said, just hold on. And Brett Boyce did the best Boyce he could with Boko. Do you know what I mean? Like, that that guy's not a guy that you want to try to hook on to. And he hit me in the head 15 times. On your helmet. And then he got me in the chin. There's a video on, it was like a big video on I know the video set. yeah well it's on YouTube still yeah, yeah. clear as day yeah. 1080p whenever I need to get jacked up I'll yeah <laughs> yeah so he comes and he gets me with one in the chin finally after a bunch in the helmet which was like it wasn't great but it wasn't the worst thing in the world and then he gets me with one in the chin and I turned around I pushed Kelly and I looked him in the eyes and I was like fucking stop now but he didn't no he did then he stopped. But he man, he was going till he left the ice. Well, th- then he was like, whatever, piss and spit at the goalie, but which, he was, was, which was garbage. I agree. But here's the difference. Let me tell you this. This is things people don't know. Okay. Kelly got suspended six, seven games, whatever he got suspended for. Boko got suspended 15, 15. 15, 15 games. Okay. So fine. Whatever. You come off the bench and you, you spit at the goalie. Like, you can't have that. I agree. Okay. I'm not disputing any of the suspensions. First time I see Kelly... After potentially saving his life, 
Nothing. So I give it the first period. Nothing. Second period, he comes out on the ice. I look at him. I go, not even a like, not even a thank you, man, or a tap on the shin pads, or like nothing. And he's like, well, that's your job, like whatever. And I was like, cool, man. I literally could have went, have at her. Do you know what I mean? And he would have killed you, right? So that's the part that, and I, I haven't seen Kelly since. So if he's watching, do you know what I mean? Like that's the part that upset me. Um, I'm working either Boko's, it was his first game back in St. John for sure. It might've been his first game back and St. John always used to start him starting lineup, you know, number 49 or whatever he wore. I forget. 51, 51, number 51, Boko Mama. And he would do this thing. He would come out. He would take like eight hard strides and he'd do these high crossovers at the red the line. High step. Greeno's high step. And he looked, and he looked like a Raptor. And he would stare at the other bench. And it was one of the most intimidating things I've ever seen. I couldn't imagine playing junior hockey against that guy. Because it's literally like, I'm just not going to do anything stupid tonight. Because if I do, that guy's going to kill me. It's that simple. Yeah. Number 51, Boko Mama. He comes out on the ice. He takes his helmet off. He takes his glove off. And he skates directly to me. And he goes, Hicks, man, I'm sorry. I fucked up. Unreal. And I have the utmost respect for that. I said, Boko, listen. You had a job to do that night, and I had a job to do that night, and our jobs conflict it, and we're going to leave it at that, bud. We're good. And I had no problem dealing with him ever again. That is one of the coolest stories. That's unbelievable. That's great because when we were talking about the game within the game, I wanted to ask you if that situation – and that was the situation that popped in my head was Kelly Bent, Boko Imama that night because I was – at the time, I would have been. Were you at the game? Thirteen. I was at the game. I would have been thirteen years old. So I'm lo- all I see from the upper bowl at the Metro Center. I'm loving it. I'm like, this is the greatest night of my life. Yeah. Like, I just watched a brawl and some guy just spit on a guy. Like, I thought it was awesome. But that was the first situation that popped in my head. If this happened, what do you do? And then you were there. That's kind of yeah. hilarious. Yeah. But I've I've heard a lot of good things about Boko too. Just like stand up. He's guy. a great dude. Because as great dude. the thirteen year old me there was like the scumbag spit on the guy. Like yeah. that's the, disgusting. And I'll I would tell him to his face if you sitting right here like yeah. don't spit at guys man yeah, come you know on. what i mean yeah, like yeah. that's 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 junk i get you're pissed off and i understand man you had to come over the bench i would have been more upset if i was danny who was coaching saint john or any of the other four guys on the ice with joe i'd have been like what were you guys doing with your hands in your pockets yeah. or like he's yeah. our 15 year old superstar exceptional status yeah. like you said like yeah. i don't care if the rest of these are 16 you're older than he yeah. is like go do some go do something yeah. Go do something. Yeah. Like you shouldn't have to send that guy over the bench. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. They when, didn't even when, let Crosby in the league at fifteen. Like that's how know, big we of a deal that was. We were talking about that before you got here. It's crazy to think. When when he shook your hand, where was it again? Sorry. Was it in front of everyone? Right in between both benches. Like with the fans still there. Every, everybody's it was the starting lineup. So it took his helmet off. Took his helmet off, takes his glove He's, off, just, doesn't do his raptor thing where he scares yeah. the shit out of everybody. Look, skated directly to me and said, Hicks, I fucked up, I'm sorry. Wow. I said, no problem, man. Do you know what I mean? You had a job to do, and I had a job to do, and our jobs conflicted. And it's, quite frankly, as simple as that. How, uh, I guess, yeah, the the next question is, I guess, how, I don't want to say often, but the the respect factor, I think, is more often there than it's not. But how often does that happen where a player will go, great job tonight, sorry for yelling at you. I'll, I'll admit, when I was younger, when I was 20, I didn't do it. 
I wish I did. More than you guys think. It does happen, yeah. It, yeah. It's a great call there. I'm sorry yeah, for no, yelling the, at you. The, a lot of the guys are really good. Yeah? A lot of them are really, really good. But it comes back to, I don't know if we talked about it on the show or before the show with the with the um, 24-7 and the, yeah. the, the referees. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, obviously, hockey guys are going to watch that and probably going to see. And that was kind of a hope of coming on here was maybe shed some light on, like, yeah, man, we go out there and compete too. We give a shit. Do you think I just go there for my money and leave? Like, no. Do you know what I mean? No. That's not what I do. And I'm, I hate, I don't hate. I'm not a Mike Babcock guy, but Mike Babcock said something wildly intelligent once when he was with Detroit, because I'm a Chicago Blackhawks guy. And they were playing Chicago in the first round, and Chicago was up like 3 nothing or something in the series. And it just seemed like every time there was something that was 50-50, it was going Chicago's way. So the media was all over Babcock about, like, what do you think of the officiating? And tell us about the officiating. And what are your thoughts on the officiating? And mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And he was like, guys, I want to make you fellas aware of something here that you guys might not know. The four guys that were out in the ice tonight, they got the same goal in mind as we do. They want to get to the Stanley Cup final. That's what these guys goal in mind. That's my goal every year. My, my goal every year is to work the, the league final or the Memorial Cup or whatever. Get as far as I can go. Do you think that these guys are going to do this by making mistakes? Like, they're not out there trying to make mistakes, guys. They're doing the best they can. That was their decision. Maybe it's right. Maybe it's wrong. But they're not like, hmm, I think I'm going to screw this one up because I want this team to win. Like, if you think that I care who wins a hockey game, I don't care who wins yeah. a hockey game. doesn't yeah. impact me any. Yeah. I care if I was as close to perfect as I can be because you can't be perfect. But I want to get as close to perfect as I can be every game. I never thought about it from that perspective. The refs are trying to make the Stanley Cup Finals too. Every year, I man. Never, that's the goal. I never thought about it from that perspective. That's the goal every year. They want to be perfect. You they, don't want to be. They, they don't want to fuck the game up. No. They want to be perfect. They want to make sure that the game runs the way it should be run. I never thought about it from that perspective. I really didn't. Yeah. Grab another. Uh, grab a... No, I'm good. You sure? Yes, I can only do one. I'll you want go. a beer? No. Actually, I'll tell you another little taste, I guess. Text my girlfriend. I go, yeah, I'm having a podcast today from like 5 to 7. She's messaging me. Like, hey, do you want anything from Sobeys? <laughs> At least she's messaging you. I guess. Yeah, so. There yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. She hasn't disappeared. Hopefully she doesn't yeah. listen to this one. Yeah. That's crazy. No, that's a that's a really cool uh I'll give you I'll give you my favorite Babcock. Babcock is a bad rap. I'm not gonna get into that. But one of my favorite things he said about uh, Lindstrom, Detroit. He's like, the reason Lindstrom is Lindstrom is because he cares about the little details. The NHL at the end of the day is boring. When we had Nate on, the way he talked about the NHL didn't really excite me. It doesn't I don't think it excites him. What excites him is getting to a cup. He, I think he's a little pissed off right now. Why wouldn't you be if you're Oh, mate? of course. They and have a hockey team. He, like, you know, from all us three idiots looking at to the NHL, we're like, oh, fuck, that's the best league. Women, money, like, whatever. They, you know, everything. It's the best life. And when you've been in the NHL for a period of time, it's not that exciting, I don't think. I think it's a job. Oh. That's the way. That's that's the perception. from the. From, I can tell. Like, when, when Batherson was here the other day, he had a sparkle in his eye. He was so happy yeah. about his life. He knows he has a contract coming up. You could see his smile. Not that Nate didn't. Nate had a smile. But Nate was more on a mission. 
Nate's yeah, on course. a mission, and he cares yep. about the little details. And what Babcock said about Lindstrom was he cares about the little details because that's what gives you longevity and success in the NHL. If you have a game at Dallas at 12 o'clock, there's going to be 5,000 people in the stands. Lindstrom is still eating that oatmeal at 8 a.m. with the warm milk that he doesn't want to probably fucking eat, but he knows it's good for his stomach, so he's going to perform well. He's still showing up to the rink three hours before to stretch, to get on the bike, to do a routine that none of us probably will ever understand. It's the little details that he said allow people within the NHL, it's probably in life too, that allows Lindstrom to succeed. And I love that because I probably heard that quote maybe like seven years ago now. And that at the time, like I know the secret, I know what it takes to be successful. I know how to, I'm not, I'm not saying I am successful, but I know what it takes. Right. Of course. And to have discipline at that level of doing the exact same thing. How many games are in the NHL? 82. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't say I do that. I couldn't say that I'm disciplined for 82 episodes, do the exact same thing. And the level of greatness Lindstrom had, I don't know the cups he had and the success he had, all boils down to the little things. And I think when I, I told that exact story to to Nate and and he loved that. He's like he he's like Babcock's absolutely right. It's the little boring things that you have to endure each and every day in order to be successful. So let me tie that into officiating. Okay. So Don Koharski was an OM, officiating manager, basically a supervisor when he retired from refereeing in the league, he transitioned to be an, o- an OM in the league. Okay. So he gets a call. No, excuse me. He's in Columbus on a Tuesday night. Yeah. Okay. He's in Columbus on the Tuesday night watching the game, supervising the game, supervising the boys. And the referee, he never told me who he was, which is how we do things. So I don't know who it is, but an, an, an official. An official. Prior Saturday. So we're talking a week later. Now we're like, in- like whatever. So, so, so the Saturday he worked. This referee worked in Montreal. Columbus was in Montreal. Okay. And then on the following Tuesday, so four days later, yeah. that same officials in Columbus working a home game in Columbus against whoever they're playing. Okay. I don't care. I got you. Okay. So the GM goes to Don and says, "Cole, that man right there, he's an excellent official, but I want the same guy that was." Saturday night in Montreal, even though it's Tuesday night in Columbus, I want the same guy I got Saturday night in Montreal. That's attention to detail. In the terms of, yeah, maybe Sunday afternoon in Bathurst is a little different feel than Saturday night in Halifax, but the effort level better be the same. Do you know what I mean? The effort level, level better be the same. The care level better be the same. All of that. Is it harder to do? Yeah, sure. It's harder for me to get amped up in front of 550 people in Bathurst <laughs> on a Sunday than it is 9,500 people in Halifax on a Saturday. That's I think that's fair to say that that's human nature. But that's the little details as an official that, you know, you like it's it's 82 games for those guys. It's 64 games for us or whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? We yeah. don't work 64, but, yeah. you know, uh, you've you've got to bring that compete level yeah. Every game. So that's, you know, what Babcock was saying, what Nate, I, I'm sure, it, I, agrees with. Because yeah. for him now, yeah, that's it's his, this is his job. Yeah. He's got a full, he's got a full-time job being a professional hockey player. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's, he's got to look after his body. He's got to look, look after, you know, his nutrition and all that stuff and blah, blah, blah. And then he's got to know what's going on in the ice and, and, and all those things. So yeah, it's, it's, it's detail oriented, I'm sure. No, 100%. Discipline. 
Anywhere at that level. Are you good, by the way? Like, do you have to be anywhere? Not immediately, no. I'm, what? T- well, how much time are we at right now? Uh, hour 13. We're at an hour and 13 minutes. Feels like nothing. Jesus. What time is it? 7? 7.04. What, do you, what time do you have to leave? Like 15 minutes. You got to leave in 15 minutes? Fuck. Okay. Mm, 20. Whatever. I'm well, not. What do you want to cover? Yeah. I'll talk faster. Well, here's what we'll do, because I don't really want to end this at all. This is a great episode. Um... Just give me the laptop and I'll do the switching. Because as long as everything's recording, okay. I'll, I'll just do the switching after. Okay, that's fine. Are you in a rush? Do you got to go anywhere? No. Okay. Um. Yeah, I guess we covered the the travel. I guess we covered the game within the game. I guess we covered. We I guess we didn't really talk about your first Q game. I was gonna ask that earlier, and then I skipped over it. Yeah, I mean. Nerves before? Yeah, yeah what I, man, I, like? I get I get nervous before every game. Still, like I've always said to the younger guys, you know, maybe if I'm taking a younger guy and it's his first playoff game or or whatever, and I'm working with him and we're on the car ride up and it's like, oh heck, I'm really nervous or whatever. I'm like, nerves are great, man. Don't get stressed. Stress is bad. I think stress is good. Stress means you're doing something right. Well, so I I guess it it's all in your interpretation of the meaning of the word. So for me, nerves are great because it means you care. Stress is bad because that's going to affect, in my opinion, it's going to affect your your mental ability, which is going to affect your judgment, your physical ability, all, okay, sure, okay, all, of, sure. all of that stuff. Okay, sure. So my motto is, my motto is <laughs> slow is smooth and smooth is fast. It's a quote from the movie Shooter. <laughs> okay. So slow is smooth and smooth is fast. So you got to think slow like golf. You got to think slow, play fast. Yeah. Like that's, that's what you have to do. Same thing with officiating. So yeah, I was... And my first game was at home in Moncton at the Coliseum. Do you know what I mean? So, like, got some family there and things like that. But I met with Chris Boudreaux, who we talked about yeah. earlier, who's yeah. kind of the guy that, like, sort of asked me about, like, maybe taking a, a next level to this stuff. And so working with him was super comforting. And I was like, it was funny. I was like, oh, Chris, like, I'm going to beat you the net every time tonight. Like, every scrum, I'm going to beat you the net. And he goes, that's no problem, man. You're half my age. He goes, you go look after two guys at the net. I'll go look after the other eight. <laughs> How about that? And it was like, maybe you don't need to be flying around at 800 miles an hour out there. And maybe you need to, like, you can't do this. You have to do this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's yeah, I gotcha. that's what needs to happen. I got gotcha. you. So, yeah, first game at home in Moncton and the Coliseum, the old rank. Uh, it was... It was fun, man. It was cool. But I, I still get nervous before every game. Until I, until I get my hand on the puck, man. Until yeah. I have a face-off, yeah, yeah, I need to have a face-off. Okay. And then I settle in. There must have been a section of the crowd real pumped for an icing call that night. Yeah. <laughs> really pumped. <laughs> the first icing of the game, yeah, and that one section must have just lost their mind. Yeah, Dad's uh, dad was pretty involved in hockey and stuff, and so he's he's calm, cool, collected. Like, he uh, – it's actually hilarious – funny story so my first senior game first yeah. ever senior game i'm 17 years old um i'm going to Rishabakdo and they had um most of their team was uh, indigenous fellas so they were pretty you know pretty rough and tough and uh they used to call it the Rishabakdo flu all the other senior teams if you're playing in Rishabakdo, you get the Rishabakdo flu because it's like ah, i don't really know if i want to go play those guys they put a beating on you <laughs> so i'm 17 years old i'm going up there and my two, my partners are Jean Hebert is the referee. Yeah. This is three man system. He's yeah. in the NHL now. Works second or third round of the playoffs every year. Awesome. Yeah, 
and Mario Maia, who should have been in the NHL if he didn't have a heart. He's has a heart condition. Oh. Yeah, so he had open heart surgery twice. So okay. he went to NHL camp, and then they couldn't insure him. Oh, yeah. So and he was my linesman partner and me. So the first thing that happened is I walked into the rink and a gentleman by the name of Evan Levi, he shot the puck from the red line. This guy's like, he's probably six foot five, 280 pounds. Yeah. And it hit the crossbar because that's what he used to do. And it made a sound that I had never heard before. And I was like, where the fuck am I? Uh, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. what is, this is not midget triple A, man. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, men. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was my my first time with like men in a in a competitive like not in an in industrial like a gents league game. Yeah. So I end up by the Rishabukto bench and these guys I know both really well but like uh Owen Millier and Lucky Millier were there. Okay. And they were like I don't know who the fuck you are, man, but you're not going to survive tonight. Like I'm 17 years old, man. I'm wet behind my ears. Like I have no idea. I have no business being on the ice. And I I'm shaking in my boots. Scott Farrell's coaching. Uh, Scotty's played at Acadia. He's coached high-level hockey his whole life. He's a vice principal at Moncton High now. Wow. And uh, so so Scott looks over at me, and then he looks at Owen and Lucky. He goes, you two idiots, shut the fuck up. You both played for his father. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I look straight across, and Dad's in the stands, man, and he's – keeled over laughing because he knows the boys are giving it to me yeah and then scott points over at dad and lucky and owen are both like you're hicks's kid and i was like yeah and they were like okay man you'll be yeah. fine you know what I mean? so then i was then i was good but uh, that's so funny yeah uh, so just anyways on your on your like dad's pretty and m- mom's quiet as it is and, and my stepmom same thing so yeah, but I, you know, it was nice to have family there and and, and stuff like that. So that was that's cool. awesome. Yeah. Did you find when you had to start dealing? Like, I guess Q kids are only like 18, 20 years old, but most of those guys are in shape. They have muscle. Did you find you had to like put on a bit of a physique to to I guess get in there and break up the scrums, or is it more just cardio? Yeah. No, I had to go the other way, but I was a fat, fat yeah, kid. You had to, you had to yeah, I had to lean out. I had to lean out a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's you know, it's not what it used to be. Even yeah. even twenty years ago, now, like. That's why I try to tell the younger kids coming up, like, you don't so much have to physically move a guy as you have to be able to, you've got to, it's like a dog. You've got to be able to (laughs) break their attention. Do you know what I mean? So whether you've got a clever line or whatever it is you might have, like, if I'm engaged with you and like, we're, you know, doing cross checks and face washes and whatever, but if I can break, if I can get you, like, if. If he, if Aiden can get you and I disconnected mm-hmm. and onto him, now he's got me, and now he says something, and now the whole thing diffuses. But what's the trick to? There isn't really. There's no. There's there's no magic recipe. It's just being able to do it, and it's it's easier for me at 11 years in the league, yeah. with a guy that's 19 or 20 that I've worked with for four years now. Than it is for somebody that's one year in the league with a 16-year-old that they don't know each other from Adam. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And if a 16-year-old gives me a problem, I go to the captain of the team, who's usually 19 or 20, who I know. And I'm like, I don't know who this kid, like, 
he hasn't even had his cup of coffee yet. Do you know what I mean? I'm 11 years in. Can you deal with this, please, Mm -hmm. before I do? And they're always awesome about it. You know, they'll go over that guy like, listen, man, do you know what I mean? Like, Hicksie's just trying to do his best or whatever. Maybe you guys are disagreeing, but, like, let's let's sort this out. And then 99 times out of 100, the 16-year-old comes over the bench, tap on the shin pads, hey, man, sorry, Sorry. whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll go tell the captain, whoever it is, like, thanks for – you know, clearing that up and then we're all good. So that's a little bit of the stuff that goes on. Game within the game. Game within the game, I ne- stuff that goes on that people don't, yeah. don't I know. I never thought of it from that perspective of how if you're a captain of a team, you need to be a great communicator. You de- Like if you think about it, like, yeah, though you for the majority of the time, like the, the captain on a team is the best player, but you also need to be a great communicator. What's, because his, there's, what's his name that played in uh, L.A. when they were winning cups? Dustin Brown. Dustin Brown. Dustin Brown. Dustin Brown was the best player on that team, I can tell you that. Yeah. But he was an unbelievable captain because I don't think that it's Daryl Sutter, right? Yeah, I don't think that Daryl Sutter's a stupid man when it comes to hockey. Yeah. Like, I think that he understands what's going on. Yeah. That's your captain. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, uh, I agree with you. I'm going to make the guy that can get the guys to buy in, whether it is by what he says or maybe just his example. Maybe he's not a big voice in the room. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just an example guy. Mm-hmm. He's like, like, guys that block shots, man, mm-hmm. I have the most respect in the world. Like, if a guy gets a shot in a PK, I will skate into the zone, pick him up, and throw him into the bench myself if he's hurt. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because I'm like, yeah. man, I couldn't lay down in front of that. Like, are you crazy? Yeah. And that's at, at junior where, like, a guy with a hard shot's shooting at, what, maybe like 90? Like, lay in front of Shea Weber's shot and tell me how that feels. I'm all right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Whoever the goalie is, like, he can deal with that. Yeah. I'm not getting in front of it. It is. I remember when we were in uh, – are you still good for time or do you got to go? I'll move if you want. Yeah, you go. Anyways, a little technical difficulty there, but we got to wrap up. We're bumping over an hour here. Matt, you're the man. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's no problem. Enjoy the rest of the summer. I'm sure I'm going to see you a lot uh, a lot more around the rinks when, the, yeah, when we're we'll back into full swing. Golf. Oh, 100%. How long are you going to be here for? Uh, probably only Wednesday, but I'll be I'll be back down, man. I've got my I've got Pete's diaper party and a bunch of stuff. Like I'll be okay. I'll be in and around. Yeah, we should get out for a game. Shoot me a message 100%. Let for me sure. know when you're here. We'll go out. Great. All right, everyone listening, thank you very much for tuning in. I appreciate it. Uh this is the High Button Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We're out. Peace.
I'm here.